So if you listen to Health Power, you know that I've had a leaky gut forever. I try not to talk about my food sensitivities too much because I know it's boring. I've been looking for help everywhere, and I'm really hopeful that our new sponsor on Health Power can help me. All right, so we're going to jump in with Clayton Thomas. Briefly tell us about your products, and then I want to hear from uh, the handsome gentleman next to you. A simple solution designed by a Harvard nanobiotechnologist to address every aspect of human aging and health and Patrick aka yeah. Keanu is one of the best examples for gut health. Yeah, so, That's awesome. Um, years ago, I was diagnosed with celiac disease. Um, and when I first got introduced to the root brands, really identifying and understanding when I got the diagnosis, realizing that the gut's the first brain, not the second. Once you establish that methodology of thinking about your body, that changes everything. Um, but really, ultimately, starting there and realizing that's where everything else is going to come from. That's where the healing starts and it has to begin with your gut. And so products like clean slate restore and zero in, which really focus about pulling out the bad and putting the good in. When I first started using clean slate, when I first started using restore, I thought I was allergic to them. And and Clayton was like, no, keep going. Your body's detoxing. Now I've been able to shorten the window whenever I have a bad reaction from when something used to take seven days to recover from, now it's maybe two days. I still oh, have wow. action, but it's much, much less. And so now that we've introduced new products like Give Me Back My Youth, Immune Defense Shield, it's helped me really navigate my allergy and my reaction so much more. That's incredible. And Clayton, for just the everyday basic person who doesn't have leaky gut or doesn't have celiac or anything, I could think just all the junk that we're exposed to, we need to get that out. And that's going to make a big difference. Yeah. And he's the best example. You can look pretty on the outside and still be a mess on the inside. (laughs) What about me? Silence. (laughs) It's like you hear the the crickets. (laughs) You guys are fun. Well, tell us how we can get your products, Clayton. Go to therootbrands.com as brought to you by Lisa. Solutions and the outcomes that we have are what have created the community. So it's it's something that you just have to make an investment in your own health and it's well worthwhile. Therootbrands.com. All right, you guys, thank you so much. Everybody check them out. Thanks so much. This time of year, our skin gets so dry, especially for those of us who live in cold climates. So I couldn't live without one earth body care. Their skin fix, which is great for your entire body. It's a thick, wonderful salve. You can rub it in your hands to soften it and it makes your skin amazing. There's a day and night facial oil, which I use every day and night, and it really, really has helped my skin. There's a sleep balm that is also a salve consistency that has lavender and other things to help you relax. Of course, my all-time favorite is their natural deodorant because I am no longer smelly. If you've got a baby, they've got a baby butt saver. The other thing that has completely transformed my hair is their shampoo and conditioner bars. They've got skin fix for pets, which has helped my blue stop eating his paws all the time or nibbling on them. And of course, they also have a pet shampoo bar. Please check them out at oneearthbodycare.com. Today, we're going to talk about some of the nuts, bolts, and berries. This is actually... (laughs) 
from my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex. When we're talking about organic, non-GMO, pesticide-free, local, free-range, what does all this mean? You might already know this, but this is sort of a nice refresher course, I'm going to call it. But before we jump into learning all of these things or reviewing all of these things, in my book, Clean Eating Dirty Sex, which again is not about dirty sex, and I know you're probably sick of hearing that, but I, I have to reiterate it a lot. It is a memoir. It is a cookbook. It is a healthy lifestyle guide. In chapter 13, we talk about what is certified organic, what is non-GMO, what is pesticide-free, dirty dozen, clean 15. So we're going to do a quick episode, just a little reviewer. Okay, so USDA certified organic. So when you see the label certified organic, it verifies that the food was produced without the use of genetic engineering, irradiation, or sewage sludge. Oh, geez. Okay. <laughs> that makes me really uncomfortable to ever eat anything non-organic. I, I hadn't really been familiar with the sewage sludge. I mean, obviously I'm familiar with it. It's in my book, but prior to this now, but it still kind of shocks me, which seems funny. Certified organic farms must adhere to ecological farming practices and are forbidden to use certain preservatives such as sulfites and nitrates. Now, some produce is grown using these same organic standards, but may not have undergone the expense and the rigor of the USDA certification process. Now, for me, if I trust the source and I do trust my local grocery market, I buy anything that is labeled organically grown, whether it is USDA certified or not. I also find that with my local farmer's market, when they tell me that, look, you know, we couldn't afford to go through the expensive rigor, but it is organic, I believe them. Now, organic is not guaranteed pesticide free. Now, this might be interesting. So surprise, organic produce is grown with pesticides. They're organic pesticides. So unlike the synthetic ones used on commercial agriculture, these are made from natural sources. Unfortunately, there are still potential risks associated with natural pesticides. Now, the Environmental Working Group, which we mention a lot on Naturally Savvy, the EWG, they compile a shopper's guide to pesticides and produce, and that provides information for consumers to reduce exposure to pesticides and their residues. So you can sign up for a downloadable list at the EWG website. So be sure to check them out, the Environmental Working Group. Now, you've probably all heard of the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. These are lists of produce that either consistently test high, and that's the dirty, or low, clean for pesticide residue. Now, I use these as a shopping list guide, but you know, looking at that sewage sludge, I'm going to have to... <laughs> Maybe look a little closer, do a little more research. But I only purchase produce on the list when it's labeled organic or better yet, pesticide free. But I do buy conventional produce from the Clean 15 list unless the organic is on sale, right? For the same or lower price. Now, the 2018, this is 2018, Dirty Dozen list includes, so these are the dirty ones, strawberries, spinach, nectarines, apples, grapes, peaches, cherries, pears, tomatoes. Ah, darn it. I, there's these tomatoes, but they're local, but I don't think they're organic that I absolutely love. Crud. Uh, celery, potatoes, sweet bell peppers, and honorable mention, lettuce and blueberries. Now, the 2018 Clean 15 list includes avocados, sweet corn, uh, organic and non-GMO, pineapples, cabbage, onions, sweet frozen peas, papayas, asparagus, mangoes, eggplant, honeydew melon, kiwi, cantaloupes, cauliflower, and broccoli. Now, let's jump in to animal products. Now, you want to have 
your animal products, if you eat animals that have ample living quarters, they have access to the outdoors, um, they aren't injected with hormones or antibiotics, they eat a healthy diet. Now, I try as, as much as I can to buy free-range chicken, free-range eggs, grass-fed, grass-finished meats. We'll get into grass-finished in a moment, and wild salmon. Now, Jill Hillhouse, CNP, and Lisa Cantaker, CHN, they're the authors of the Certified Health and Certified Health Nutritionist. They share this information from their book, The Paleo Diabetes Diet Solution, and I thought that was so nice of them to help decipher the healthy animal eating jargon. So let's start with free-range. Now, this label is used almost exclusively on poultry products, including eggs. The definition provided by the USDA states that producers must demonstrate that the poultry has been allowed access to the outside. Now, while this sounds nice, like, oh, I picture all these chickens running around, it could just mean that there's a small door at one end of a very large barn that is open for a short amount of time each day, and that very few birds, if any, actually make it outside. There are no standards to how big the outdoor area is or whether it is concrete or pasture or bare ground. So that's a bummer because I think for me, and I'd imagine for some of you out there, I always thought, well, free range is awesome. They are just free ranging all over the place, running around, getting the sunshine, pecking at the grass. Maybe some of them are. So that's kind of a bummer. Now, free run is not the same as free range. Now, while these birds are not in cages, and are technically allowed to move around freely in the barns, the conditions are generally incredibly overcrowded, and these birds do not have access to the outside. Now, just so you know what I'm reading, these are quotes from the book, The Paleo Diabetes Diet Solution. Now, that's a bummer too. So I guess we don't have a lot of choice with the chickens. Uh, Pasture-raised, now you might be out there, you're vegan saying we don't eat them, so that's, that's an option too. Pasture-raised, now this label applies generally to pigs and chickens, but could be found on all types of meat. This label implies that the animals live primarily in fields or wooden areas where they ate grass and other plants as well as bugs and insects. Now, grains might be added to the diet of pasture-raised animals during the winter when pastures are covered with snow and the animals are brought inside. That makes sense. There is no legal or regulated definition of this term in the United States or Canada. Okay, so again, it's a little tricky. Now, grass-fed applies to animals whose diet consists exclusively of grass for most of its life. This includes cows and sheep, not pigs and chickens. Grass-fed animals are usually pasture-raised, though grass-eating animals can be also fed hay in barns. Most food labeled grass-fed is from animals who spent most of their lives outdoors. Well, finally, goodness gracious, this little door for the free range and the free run aren't even allowed to run outside. Okay, this is good to know. Now, grass finished. A product may say grass fed on the package, but may have been finished on grain. This means the animal was fed grain, not grass or hay, during the last two or three months of its life. Beef from grass-fed cows is lower in calories and higher in omega-3 fatty acids, vitamin E, and conjugated linoleic acid, CLA. What you can, wait, oh, excuse me, when you can, select products labeled 100% grass-fed beef. See, what happens is if you get the grass finished, then it means that it was just at the last few months that they were, they were giving grass until the last few months. But if you want grass-fed, not only are they mostly from animals who spent most of their lives outdoors, but they're just grass-fed. Let's talk about fish, okay? Because there's sometimes some confusion around this. 
We've got wild or farmed. Now, wild fish live in natural environments, have fewer calories and higher omega-3 contents than farmed fish. Although both wild and farmed fish can contain pesticides, wild fish have them in lower concentrations. Farm fish live in captivity, which means they are most likely given antibiotics. So you want to look for the wild label when purchasing fish. Now, I'm going to go into a little bit about produce now, which is pretty cool. This is not from the book, The Paleo Diabetes Solution. Um, so fresh produce is great. I mean, if you can get produce picked in the last 48 hours, that's awesome. Now, if you're not a gardener or a farmer uh, and you don't grow your own fresh produce, <laughs> Farmer's markets are awesome. I love my farmer's market. Living in the Northeast, it's tough because we only have a farmer's market about two and a half months out of the year. I'm jealous of all the people that have them year round, but go to your farmer's market, support your local farmer's markets, go when you can. Let's talk about frozen, packaged, and canned foods. Now, frozen in some cases are the next best choice after fresh because frozen fruits and vegetables are picked at their peak ripeness and quickly frozen to preserve their nutrients. And sometimes they're even better than fresh. Now, I always keep a lot of frozen organic fruit available for smoothies. And it's really nice. Now, packaged produce is picked at its peak ripeness. It's pre-washed, cut and packaged. Air is removed to maintain freshness and the package is opened. I always check the expiration dates. I make sure the bag is deflated and not puffed up like a balloon. Now, I do buy my canned beans. I used to cook my own beans. I know I should really get back to it. Now, I just buy organic canned beans with the non-BPA liner in them, and it makes it really easy. Um, I also love Amy's canned soups. I especially love her lentil. That is great. And again, the cans lining is BPA-free. Other than mushrooms, uh, I don't really use canned vegetables, but if you like them, go for it. You know, the important thing is that we're getting our veggies in. So that is what I wanted to share with you today. I wanted to talk about how it's important to understand these different terms. It makes it a lot easier to shop. It makes it a lot easier to have meals. It makes it a lot easier to get you, uh, you and your family, if you have a family, you and your partner, you and yourself, uh, the best food that you can get. And so I I hope this was helpful. It's a nice refresher. Like I mentioned, Uh, I think a lot of naturally savvy listeners have heard us talk about this before but I really wanted to include this today. Uh, I also want to let you know that this is just the tip of the iceberg in the book. I uh, was about to laugh because in the book, we also talk about sexual function and there's a tip of the iceberg there as well, but you'll have to get the book to figure it out. Well, that's it for our show today. Thank you so much for listening. We appreciate you and we would appreciate it if you could please rate and review and leave a comment because the more you engage with our podcast, the more you will find it and help other people find it wherever they listen to their podcast. So be sure to follow us. I'm at Andrea Donsky and at Naturally Savvy and Lisa at Lisa Davis MPH. Thank you so much. And please share this episode because the more you share shows you care. We'll see you next time.